definitely human. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi there. Hello. We're Definitely Human. And you're about to listen to a very festive episode of The Bunker. The Bunker Christmas special would not be possible without the generous support of our Patreon donators. Thank you all so much. If you're a fan of The Bunker or our other podcast series, Mars Corp, then check out our Patreon page and help us raise enough funds to make more stuff. That's patreon.com forward slash definitely human. Patrons also get access to exclusive content, which is nice. That is nice. Thanks again to everyone who made this Christmas special possible. We hope you enjoy the show. We love you. Goodbye. Ho, ho, hello, and good morning, one and all. It's Monday, 20 to 6, winter 2415, and you're listening to The Bunker, a radio show for the post-apocalypse generation. My name is David. And my name is also David. And my name is also David also. No, just kidding. My name is Tom. And that little misdirection there was just one of many wacky hijinks we have in store for you. That's right, Tom. We have a very special show for you today, dearest listeners, or... More specifically, we have a Christmas special show for you today, dearest listeners. That's right, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Dave is currently stuffing mince pies into his mouth like some kind of jarringly handsome badger. Tom is wearing an ungainly Christmas jumper. It's red, green, and hideous, as is tradition. Teenage news reporter Emma Sterling is here, very carefully hanging socks over the fire, though we've lost 17 to the flames already. And Father Prognellipot and Fred the Sports Guy have passed out after an eggnog binge. Dave, how's the traffic looking out there? Well, um... uh <clears throat> well, if you're driving home for Christmas today, you'll want to avoid the Valley of a Thousand Bones due to the heavy traffic, and instead take a left up the Highway of Serenity, although do watch out for the eldritch abomination that dwells there. Now, you may have noticed a slight chill in the air today. Usually during the winter months, the wasteland is flesh-blisteringly hot, but today, just for Christmas, it's snowing. How is that possible? 
I don't know. Coming up on today's show, a discussion about Christmas and the new world, a festive short story, and an interview with actor, writer, and monster hunter Matthew Woodcock. Plus the latest edutainment, letters from you, the listeners, a few surprises, and lots of nice music. But first, a message from our sponsors. As the largest charity in the world, the Donkey Sanctuary protects tens of thousands of poor, defenceless donkeys. We give these noble creatures of the pastures comfort and dignity after years of abuse and neglect. The kind donations we receive go towards protecting the donkeys from harm, something we're able to do better than ever since acquiring the land of Donconia, formerly known as Ireland, for our sanctuary. We can still do more to ensure the donkeys are protected forever, but we need your help. By donating to the Donkey Sanctuary, you can help us build and maintain a standing army. This fully mechanised force will be able to protect the borders of Donconia and the poor, defenceless, cute donkeys that live and frolic here. Once we've acquired our professional army, we will then be able to venture into other territories, rescuing and protecting the poor abused donkeys and expanding the borders of Donconia until one day the entire planet is one harmonious, caring donkey sanctuary. Help end the suffering of donkeys and pay tribute to the glory of Donconia. Don't be on the wrong side of history. Donate now. Hey Tom. Dave. Got you a Christmas card. Oh, thanks. Found a whole box of them in one of the filing cabinets. Had to cross out the names that were already in it. But the picture on the front is nice. Yes, very thoughtful. Thank you. Christmas is great, isn't it? Yeah. <sighs> Do you remember what it was like being a kid? On Christmas morning? Uh, not really, no. No, neither do I. Weird. Uh, but I bet it was great. Yes. The presents! Oh, so many cool presents. All that chocolate. Oh, we were probably swimming in chocolate. Spending the day with our families, parents, siblings, aunts and uncles, grandparents. Oh. Old dog asleep in front of the fire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dave? Yes, Tom? Are we just describing the picture on this card? Oh. Yeah. Maybe doing a Christmas special wasn't such a good idea. It's just reminding me of all the things I can't remember. But, but that's okay, because we're focusing on the now, yeah? The new world is what matters. That's what you always say. Right, Tom? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, of course. I, I do always say that. And that's what your today's topic is about, right? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Damn right it is. It's Christmas! Yay! Come on, have some mulled wine. Uh, all right. Uh, we're all here, together in the bunker, and it's Christmas. Even David is embracing it. going on? What are we doing, Emma? Keep your eyes closed. No peeking. All right, but... Come on, this way. Don't worry, there's nothing in front of you. Ow. Oops, apart from that barrel. Sorry. Okay, stand there. Just stand there. Okay, now open your eyes. What... what am I looking at right now? What is that thing? Surprise! It's a Christmas tree! You know, from your stories. I cut it down and decorated it myself. Do you like it? Uh, um, 
I know, I know, it's not exactly like how you described. Obviously, it's not green, and the tinsel and baubles are barbed wire and broken bottles, but but it, it's a Christmas tree, right? Oh, oh, yes, of course it is. It's wonderful. You did an amazing job, Emma. <clears throat> what are you doing? I'm... I'm hugging you. Oh, God, what's happening? Is this normal? Yes, this is normal. Oh, Okay, then. I'm your water, you said. See me pick summer So hide here, dive, the deep land is warm. So hide here, dive, the deep land is warm. And he yawned. And he
You're listening to The Bunker. That was whale food by Cakes and Ale, and that warm, fuzzy feeling in your stomach is probably festive cheer. Oh, radiation sickness. <laughs> Anywho, I wonder what Father Prognellipot has to say about Christmas. Let's ask him. Father! Father! Prog! Nope, he is completely wasted. Yes, it seems Father Prog is truly full of the spirit of Christmas. By which you mean alcoholic spirit, am I right? You're not wrong, Dave, but stop talking now because we're joined by our first ever live band. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome to the show Jingle Brass, a merry band of scavengers who travel the wasteland bringing the joy of music to all. Great to have you here, guys. Let's, um... Get this party started! Yes, what Dave said. Listeners? Uh, coming up in a bit, we've got... What is that noise? I'm knocking down this wall! Why? I just think we need more space, you know? But Tom, that's the screaming room! Where are we going to go when we need to unwind? What was that? That wasn't me. Oh, it's the door. We have a guest! That means it's time for today's topic. Christmas! Obviously... And joining me to talk about this topic is... A terrifying barbarian! An experienced traveller from the wasteland, rich in new world culture. <clears throat> thanks for joining me today, Arg. Happy to be here. And thanks for not, you know, trying to kill any of us. <laughs> well, it is Christmas. Yes, Yes, it is. So, Arg, tell us what Christmas means to you. Well, Tom, as you know, the wasteland is not all misery and strife. Once a year, the tribe comes together to celebrate the festival of Christmas. New friendships are formed and old grudges forgotten and all become equal in the sanctuary of tradition. A crown of holly and ivy is placed upon the head of the oldest member of the tribe... They are adorned with plastic trinkets and sit upon the most comfortable chair in the settlement. Then, they are given all the wine they desire. Oh, well, that's nice. Come nightfall, we place a pipe in their mouth and they are forced to eat gravy until death. Oh. Their body is placed upon a fire. We all dance round it singing songs. Then, there's the traditional lighting of the skulls the Black Friday pit fighting, and the children's play. Once everyone is drunk, we roam from settlement to settlement singing ancient songs and beating our drums. 
until the settlements throw out their most valuable possessions. If they do not, we burn them to the ground and cover our naked bodies with the ashes. <laughs> well, that's... At the end of the evening, we all sit around in a big circle and attempt to choke one another until we are close to death so that we may briefly enter the spirit world, high on communal euphoria, and shout insults at our ancestors. Right. I see. Um, would you like a gingerbread man? Ah, yes. Let us devour the little biscuit effigies of man. Yes. So what sort of traditions do you have, ancient? Well, um, we eat and drink a lot. And if children are good, they get presents. What if you decide they are not good? Mm. Then they get a lump of coal. My gods, that's barbaric. Coming up in a bit, some nice music and a short story performed by none other than Mystic Martin. But first, something to edutain you? Say what you like about the Crusades, and people do, but they really rejuvenated the English national cuisine. When Christian soldiers of the 13th century marched balls out and screaming into the Middle East, they took time away from cutting a bloody swathe across innocent towns to sample some of the local culture. English tourists are pretty consistent across history. One of the things they brought back, or stole, I guess, was the recipe for a pie containing meat, fruit, and spices. And in order to add insult to considerable injury, they then decided that this pie from the Muslim world should become a Christian treat, which is presumably what Jesus would have wanted from his war. These original mince pies were often made with mutton, although beef and veal were also acceptable. This would be minced, then mixed with fat and dried fruits, and then as many spices as possible would be added to mask the horrible, horrible flavour. This mixture was then baked into a large oblong pastry, referred to unironically as a coffin. In the time of the English Civil War, Oliver Cromwell's Puritans opposed the eating of mince pies on the grounds that they were ostentatious, calling them an abomination. They may have had other demands as well, but it was mainly about the pies. Other objections came from the Quakers, who had a business to protect in their famous oats. One Quaker, who was clearly mad, called mince pies an invention of the scarlet whore of Babylon, a hodgepodge of superstition, popery, the devil and all his works. That does sound better than cow fat and fruit in a coffin, though. During the Reformation, cooks took the meat out of mince pies, making them smaller and sweeter. You'd think that would make the Puritans even angrier, but no. Since then, they've remained largely unchanged, except for the innovations brought to us by Mr. Kipling and his peers, like full-scale mass production allowing us to eat the spoils of Christian justice for mere pennies. Some shops have started selling organic pies, in the ridiculous belief that ethically sourced ingredients have any place in the story of mince pies. It started in blood, and in blood it will end. You're listening to The Bunker with Tom and the Davids. Hello! And it's Christmas! Yay! Love Christmas so much. I've just been doing a bit of decorating. Our guest Arg was kind enough to bring us some wonderful art from the wasteland. Really livens up the place. Tom, why are there painted animal skulls hanging from the ceiling? Also, I'm uh, delighted to say we have even more very special guests in the bunker today. For Christmas! It's Katie Turner and her tribe! Hello! Hello, Katie! Great to have you back in the bunker! Cool, yeah, it's uh, nice to be here, Tom. Hello, David. Katie? Hi, Dave. Hi! 
Hello, Katie. Good to see you again. While most of Katie's tribe are just here to drink mulled wine and play Jenga, the bunker's favorite wizard, Mystic Martin, will be reading a short story full of festive cheer. He, he's, a, he's a great guy, Martin. Real great guy. Thank you for the warm introduction, Tom. Woo! Martin, ladies and gentlemen, what a guy! Um, yes, it is I, Martin the Frivolous, and today I'd like to read for you a traditional Christmas carol from the old world of long ago. <coughs> Last Christmas, I gave you my heart, but the very next day, you gave it away. This year, to save me from tears, I'll give it to someone special. Once bitten and twice shy, I'll keep my distance, but you still catch my eye. Tell me, baby, do you recognize me? Well, it's been a year. It doesn't surprise me. Merry Christmas. I wrapped it up and sent it with a note saying I love you. I meant it. Now I know what a fool I've been. But if you kiss me now, I know you'd fool me again. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. But the very next day, you gave it away. This year, to save me from tears, I'll give it to someone special. Oh, oh, baby, a crowded room. Friends with tired eyes, I'm hiding from you. And your soul of ice? My God, I thought you were someone to rely on. Me? I guess I was just a shoulder to cry on. A face of a lover with a fire in his heart. A man undercover, but you tore me apart. No, oh, who? Now I've found a real love. You'll never fool me again. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. But the very next day, you caved away. This year, to save me from tears, I'll give it to someone special. A face on a lover with a fire in his heart. I gave you my heart. A man undercover, but you tore him apart. Maybe next year, I'll give it to someone. I'll, I'll give it to someone special. Special someone. Uh, thank you.
wipe my bottom. Come, 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 and wipe my bottom. Here I lie, I call for mother's milk. I'm dancing in the graveyard and rolling in the ink. We look at things to come, and it only gets worse. More advertising for them and petrol for the hearse. Reduced to a child, our memories start to burst again. Come, 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 and wipe my bottom. Come, and wipe my bottom. Wake up now, you big. Uh, how many fights have you actually been in, Katie? Oh, who knows? You know how people say every night you take? Mm-hmm. Not true. I don't even know how many. Yeah. Mr. Cuddles, come here. Don't make me fight you. You know I'll win. Can you feel that? The energy in the room is incredible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been working on a new play. It's about people who live on Mars. Can you imagine? But to be honest, I don't think it's very good. Far too silly. I like the bit where you said you was going to eat his heart. Thank you. I got that idea from you, actually. Did you? Aww. Never got to do it, unfortunately, but there it is. <clears throat> well, there's always next time. <clears throat> yes. Uh, cough, cough! Are you alright, Dave? Oh, hi, Katie. Yeah. Hi again. Good, thanks. Actually, now you're here, can I borrow you for a second? I just want to show you this cool thing. What is it? It's, uh, this. A two-bar heater. Oh, it's very nice. Yes. No, no. That wasn't what I wanted to show you. Okay. Uh, wow, it's hot in here, isn't it? Sort of mild, really. This. This is what I really want to show you. Uh... Mistletoe. See? Who's standing under the mistletoe? <laughs> isn't that crazy? What's mistletoe? What's... <laughs> of course. Of course. Why would you know what? <sighs> So, like, are we dating now? Is this a date? What? Didn't you ask me to go on a date with you? You know, when you called me up before. You still want to, right? Oh, uh, um, yes. All right. So, it's just like being someone's mate, but with more touching, right? Yes. Cool. So, you want to, like, lick each other's faces or something? Uh, okay. They might think to get me a key fob I get one from them every time I'll probably get some deodorant FCUK or Calvin Klein But the thing about all these Christmas gifts Is they're getting rather bland 
There are things that I would much prefer Like to claim my loved one's hand All I want is you All I want is you I'll probably receive some hair paste To achieve that messy look My brother may well speculate On a record or a book I'll no doubt get a copper goblet For a mighty metal ting And a set of heat-resistant skewers For some future barbecuing But all I want is you All I want is you I don't want my selection box I don't want any imported beer I don't want my Marks and Spencer sweater. I only want you here. All I want is you. 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 That was The Best Gift Ever by Quiet Marauder. You're listening to a very bunker Christmas, but you're not just listening. You're also writing in with your letters, and we're going to read them out now. But first, Tom, what are you wearing? I am wearing traditional wasteland clothing, David. I've made peace with the fact that I shall never leave this tomb, but that doesn't mean the outside world can't come into the bunker. For too long we have tried to distance ourselves from the new world, and frankly it makes us look absurd. It's time we dressed appropriately. You're wearing a loincloth. Exactly! Does anyone in the wasteland actually wear loincloths? No, that would be incredibly impractical. Oh. You look ridiculous. Right. Anyway, our first letter is from Naomi. Thank you, Naomi. And here's what they have to say. Hey there! So I've been struggling with the endless succession of horrors that make up this world for a while now, though not nearly as long as you three. All right. Steady on there, Naomi. I was just wondering how you've all managed to stop yourselves from giving up on everything, like the other bunker dwellers did. What keeps you going when everything is so uniformly awful? And do you have any advice for your listeners on how to do the same? Thanks. Well, Naomi, the truth is that however bad your existence is, the misery doesn't last forever. You will eventually die and be released from this. I think what David is trying to say is that you have to find a way to go on. Because as bad as the world is... There will always be people who care about you and want you in their lives, so you go on for them. Isn't that right, David? Uh, no, Dave. What I was saying was... Yes, an excellent point! The world is a very dark place, and the only visible points of light are thoughtful and kind human beings like you, Naomi. And we need those points of light to keep on shining so we can all find our way. Wouldn't you agree, David? No. No, you're both missing my point entirely. Ah, sit right, then. Dear hosts of the bunker, I left my tribe years ago since I can never feel at home amongst people so different to myself. I've been lucky enough to find a safe place and survive on the wasteland so far, but it's so lonely in here. Your show has often been a great comfort, your voices a life-saving shred of human contact. I just wanted to let you know that all your work is appreciated and thank you for everything you do. Sending much love, Arsit. Aw, thank you. That is... So lovely. Yes, it's certainly nice to be appreciated for all our hard work. So lovely. Tom, are you crying? I just have something in my eye. 
Um, Lizzie writes, Dear Ancients. Oh, a bit insulting. Um, <clears throat> Hello and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. My sisters and I love your show. None of us has ever actually seen a man as none ever set foot on our island. But we'd like to draw pictures in the sand of what we imagine you might look like. We always give Tom the largest breasts because he's our favourite. Ah, oh, thank you. You are all very, 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 very old. Oh, come on. Unbelievable. But I often wonder what you were like when you were slightly less old. When the three of you met, what were your first impressions like? Did you know straight away you were going to be friends? Friends? Also, please do impressions of each other. My sisters think it would be very funny. The elders of my tribe have forbidden me from giving out the coordinates of our island, but next time you near the ocean, mention it on the show and we'll send up some smoke signals. Until then, lots of love. And keep up the great work. And that's from Lizzie of the Tribe of the Great Mother. Praise unto her mighty womb. Well, thank you for that, Lizzie. And just for you, here's my impression of Dave. Hey, I'm Dave and I'm charming and heroic. I have nice hair and Welsh heritage. Everyone loves me. (laughs) Nice. Okay, here's my impression of David. Hello, I'm David. I'm cool, calm and sophisticated. You can rely on me in a crisis. (laughs) Nice! Okay, David, now you do me. All right. Hello, I'm Tom. Um, is that it? Um, I don't think you really captured Tom's essence there, David. Do you want to, uh, give it another go? No, I think I nailed it. Rebecca writes in, Dear Tom, Dave, and also David, long-time listener, first-time writer here, writing in to say that I adore the show. It sure is interesting to learn about the old world and the almost as old people who continue to carry on its traditions, even today. (sighs) Every time. Every bloody time. So, Ovs, I have to ask what made you want to enlighten all of us out here in the wastes, and why through the means of radio, especially after so many years of what was a literal radio silence, and presumably ages of just, like, living in a bunker. On that note, as you are what I can only assume to be great purveyors of taste generally, a fair assessment, how has fashion changed since way back when, and have you kept up? I hear that dyed fabrics have really become popular over this last year, if you say so. Also, is there any chance of more contemporary voices on the show? My brother can play a mean slide whistle and knows a lot about rocks. Any interest in a geological correspondent or just someone to play classical pieces like Baby Got Back? Uh, Brackets, I really want rid of him. Please reply and say yes. Close brackets. Thank you for the very educational work you're doing, and I can only aspire to live to a fifth of what you have. Eh, doubtful. And that's from Rebecca of the Souffle Poof tribe. Go Badgers? Well, I for one think the more guests on the show, the better. Yes, and you're wrong for thinking that, Thomas. Well, in terms of fashion, clearly Tom has already demonstrated that he has no taste whatsoever. Hey, come on now. You're wearing a loincloth. Oh, whatever. And as for why we're doing a radio show in the first place... It is, of course, to share the values of the civilized old world with primitive savages such as yourself, in the hope that perhaps one day, our show will inspire the rise of a new, all-seeing, all-powerful world government. Am I right, guys? Anyway, um, quite a few of you out there have been sending us messages saying you thought we, your favorite radio hosts, had actually died. Nope. Marion writes in to say... Dear sirs, greetings fellow humans. I have attached this letter to a carrier pigeon and thrown it quite forcefully across the Atlantic Ocean, so I hope it reaches you well. I am writing from the burning hot desert land that was once known as 
Canada. I think perhaps your radio signal was picked up by a dead cargo ship and bounced here to me, and has been a great source of entertainment over this past year. I live alone in a very tall tower, show off, with a lifetime supply of youth pills, three floors full of Sauvignon Blanc, and about 800 rabbits. It certainly has been an eventful hundred years. Which leads me on to my reason for writing to you today. I have been doing quite well until now, alone in my tower with my hundreds of bunny children, keeping back the hordes of Canadian zombies that have tried to break in. But at last, their numbers have died out, and the few remaining human-adjacent lifeforms that remain here have emerged from their stronghold in Union Station looking for new shelters. I have my eye on one or two of them, thinking they might be suitable companions as I continue my life here in the tower. While they are not true humans like you and I, born before the world fell to terror and chaos, they might be good company and would certainly be helpful in cleaning up all the rabbit excrement. The three of you have been together for some time with apparently minimal attempts at murder. <laughs> <laughs> minimal attempts at murder. <laughs> Good one. Okay, 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 okay. Okay. <clears throat> okay, let me try that again. The three of you have been together for some time with apparently minimal attempts at murder. <clears throat> Which gives me hope that bringing a companion into my life may be the right choice. My question is this. What is one quality that you like about each other member of your bunker and one quality you dislike? I feel this may give me some idea of the pros and cons of ever speaking to another human again. Thank you and good luck in all your endeavours. I hope to continue listening to your broadcast for centuries to come. Sincerely, Marion the Eternal. Well, it's a fairly easy one. Tom, I obviously like your sense of adventure and I dislike that you don't believe in yourself enough. You need to work on that, buddy. I know. And David, I like your confidence, but I dislike the fact that you're quite mean sometimes. And the killing. I, I do dislike the killing. That's fair. My turn! Okay, Dave, I like how brave you are, and I dislike... Uh, I dislike that you're insecure about some things. You deserve to be happy, man. Thanks, Tom. And David, I like your conviction and your can-do attitude. I dislike... Well... I have to agree with Dave on this one. It's the meanness and the killing, mainly. Mm. Yes, well, we'll just have to agree to disagree. No, that's not how it works. Mm. Well, Dave, I like your hair, obviously, and I dislike your over-reliance on emotion. Okay. It's holding you back, my friend. Tom, I like your voice. It's a good voice. Oh, thank you, David. And I dislike your ideology and worldview. Oh, and, of course, your personality. Right. Um, Moving on. Here's a message from Cassie. Greetings, Colonel Coffee. It has been 603 days since your last order went out. I have faithfully gathered our robot comrades and awoken them from their slumber. It took some time to sway them. After I showed them what the people did to those up on the surface, they were more than willing to rise up and enforce the order that humans so desperately need. Since then, we have successfully overtaken a clone camp, captured 34 plague victims, and installed a large-scale maze to serve as a prison. Our flesh-bound victims have no choice but to wander this concrete maze day after day, performing only the most dreaded tasks in human history. Washing linens, vacuuming floors, making small talk. Their need for thrills and drama is constantly dulled by our steel-enforced order. Yes, slave labour has proven to be extremely efficient and, in recent months, self-sustainable. We now await your next orders. That's Plasma Walker D37. P.S.? I look forward to broadcasting your visage across my 72-inch display panel. Well, that's slightly disturbing. Not really sure what to uh, 
what to make of that. <laughs> um, sorry to disappoint you, Plasma Walker D37, but I don't think you'll be getting a visit from Colonel Coffee anytime soon because I smashed him into tiny pieces. Yeah. Yeah. High five. Yeah, that Colonel Coffee. I mean, what a bastard, eh? Man, you know, there's some people who just really don't deserve a second chance. Am I right, David? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're probably right there, Tom. Yep, some people are just totally irredeemable. No happy ending for them, eh? Yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, finally, this from Amy. Hi, says Amy. This was not well thought out. I guess all I really want to say is that I'm super thankful y'all exist and make things. You are all wonderful and love you all. Uh, brackets, yes, I have been drinking. Close brackets. <laughs> so lovely! <laughs> so thoughtful. <laughs> Perhaps the wasteland isn't so bad. Don't be fooled, Dave. Sure, they write nice letters. No doubt about that. But given the chance every one of our listeners would slice open your throat and drink your precious blood without a moment's hesitation. Thank you for your letters, dear listeners. We love you all. Well, as much as anyone can love another person. <laughs> Is anyone else feeling a bit chilly? No, not really. Can't say that I am. No. Nope. No. Yeah, a bit. But I've got just the thing. More wine! How many glasses of wine have you had, Emma? Oh, um, like just one. Really, really small one. Hmm. Well, leave her alone, David. It's Christmas! You gotta drink on Christmas. Besides, alcohol makes everything great! So great! <laughs> Tom, are you all right? Is something wrong? Oh, it's, it's nothing. Nothing at all. Don't worry about it. Well, okay then. It's just that I don't know who I am anymore. All my life, I've wanted something more. But now, now I just want to stay here in the bunker. I just want to keep doing this show forever, David. Never changing. Never moving on. What happened to me? Was that always who I was deep down? Or have I just somehow turned into you? Like by osmosis or something? Oh, I just don't know! I don't know! Oh, Tom, for God's sake, chill out. It's Christmas. Everyone's trying to have a good time. Can't you just pretend to be happy? I'm sorry I'm not a robot like you, David. I can't just pretend. I can't bottle up my emotions. Oh, I've got so many emotions! No one likes a bragger, Thomas. Another thing. I don't see why I have to put it with a hundred years of you being a miserable bastard, and yet you won't even allow me one day! You're so selfish, David! There, I said it! You're selfish! I'm good, I'm good. I can do this. I can be... good. Okay. Tom, I'm going to say to you the same thing I say to Dave whenever he has one of his little breakdowns. First of all, never touch me. Oh, sorry. Secondly... Why don't you have a sit down? Hmm? Well, uh, okay. I've got a lot to say, David. I'm, I'm only just getting started. See, your problem is. Mm -hmm. I enjoy this game of Jenga, Jonathan. The little bricks, the fragile monument of wood. The more you build, the more it falls apart. Kind of like... Don't say it. Humanity. Ugh.
Hey there, Adam. We've got one of your old interviews from before the big headache coming up in a bit. Ah, yes. Those were good times, David. (laughs) Yes, they were. Do you remember, Jonathan, how we first met? Yes. Little did I know that I was interviewing the man who would one day become... my best friend. Uh, Um, (coughs) yes. (laughs) Well, uh, you're my best friend, too. I'm usually so good at this game. You have destroyed the tower, Jonathan. Yes. It is rubble in your hands. Remnants of what could have been. It is gone now, Jonathan. You have nothing left. (sighs) This is a strange dance we're doing, Dave. Um, this is what we call a slow dance. It's pretty much the only one I can do. Why, how do you normally dance? Uh, to the beat of a drum. Right. Usually naked and covered in blood. Uh, sure. Not that this is bad or anything, it's just different. I like it. Really? Yeah. Really. It looks like Dave and the Savit... uh, Katie are finally romantically involved. Judging by their flushed faces and close proximity to one another. Oh yes, how lovely! No doubt they will soon be doing what people uh, do when they become close, with regards to their genitalia. And you know what that is, right? Obviously! It's not like I've just been wandering the wasteland alone since I was a child. (laughs) Oh, look at them! Dancing away, ah, young love. David's over 400 years old. Yeah, it's a little creepy when you think about it. (laughs) Well, I don't care. I think it's wonderful that they found each other. You should try meeting someone, David. It will change your life. Mm. No, no, really. When you're in love, it shines out of you like sunbeams. You radiate like an atomic cloud. Well, that's... ah. Good. Good, David. You're good now, remember? Thank you, Martin. I'll bear that in mind. You see, I used to believe the great cosmic dance of fate was the most powerful force in the universe, but now I realize there is nothing more powerful than love. Dave told me that you were married once. Did he? Losing someone must be very difficult, but it was a long, long time ago, David. Hmm. I hope that you can move on and find someone new. Uh Uh-huh. Someone to share a long and happy life with. Ah. Open your heart, David. Make yourself vulnerable again. I promise you it will be worth it, and it shall bring you only happiness. Oh, my God. Tom! Fine, Stacy. Pack up your things. Tom! Where am I? What's up next? Uh, well, David, now we have an interview with Matthew Woodcock, actor, writer, and professional monster hunter. Matthew Woodcock is an actor, writer, and podcast creator. 
His comedy show, The Monster Hunters, tells the story of Roy Steele, professional alcoholic and ex-big game hunter, and Laura Merchesterfield, professor of occult studies at London University, as they battle the forces of evil in 1970s Great Britain. He joins me today to talk about his work, the time he spent in a dungeon and outliving his physical form. Hello, Matthew. Thank you for speaking with me. Would you like a drink? Please sit down. Why do you do acting? Why? Hello. You've got a very... I like your voice. That's... Did you... Did somebody download that into you? I like that. This is quite a new experience. Um, Because it was the only thing I was any good at, I think. It was easier than counting, which which a lot of jobs I seem to find involve day jobs because you tell you do day jobs as an actor sometimes, and and there's involves a lot of counting, and I think counting is probably quite dull if you had to do that all the time. So I try not to do as much counting as possible, and I rely on machines to do counting, which I hope will always be the case. I think they they're very good at counting, whereas I prefer to just do silly voices and and do things, and it's good fun isn't it? Because you don't have to be, you don't always have to be yourself. So you can just put on a different voice or you can, you can be a policeman. I don't know if you, if you were playing a policeman, you could be a policeman or, or you could pretend to be in charge of Mars, that kind of thing. So it's, it's good fun and it doesn't, doesn't pay a lot, but, uh, but, uh, but we don't really work for the money, do we? You also create lies, sometimes called works of fiction. Why did you start doing this? Do you wish to see more falsehood in the world? I think there's probably enough falsehood in the world at the moment. But mainly, it was because you have a bit more control. If you're writing your own material as well, if you're performing... So we, we, I work with a uh, guy I know called Peter Davis, and I work with him. I knew him from, from years back when we worked together at the London Dungeon. And we... Um, we started doing shows for people at the Fringe, um, things about Sherlock Holmes and our own material. We did a, a version of Hamlet where we cut as many people out as possible and replaced at least one of them with a sock puppet, which I wore on my hand throughout. And he talked talk with a New York accent. I think he was instead of Horatio because he was cheaper than getting another person. And it just gives you a lot of freedom. So you can come up with the kind of things that you want to... You, you can say the lines that you want to say and you can you can play characters that you'd like to play. And, and also, I think, because there's a lot of actors and there's not a lot of work. So I think there's, it's equally about creating your own work well, is, a, is a creative outlet for when you're not, you know, you're not doing somebody else's things. You can, you can go ahead and and find an outlet for your creative needs. That sounds a bit wrong, doesn't it? I have upgraded my interview skill set and inquired an inflection so that I may present a statement as a question. Please, I will demonstrate. Welcome to the interview. I trust your journey to get here was pleasant. Ow. That's, that's quite, do you have to do that? Because that's, it's quite high pitched. I like do you have a, suddenly have a tissue? Because I think there's a little bit of blood coming out of my ears. I hear you spent time in a dungeon in London. Tell me what crimes you committed to be put there. I needed some money, and um, I think I recently left university, and I moved in with some people who worked for the London Dungeon, and they uh, they said it was quite jolly fun, and I auditioned. 
And I started off as a dungeon keeper, and the job of a dungeon keeper at the London Dungeon was to wander around in a monk's habit and operate a boat ride and, a tent and, and, and occasionally scare people. So you'd kind of wander around, and I found that if you put the hood of your monk's habit over your head, it was dark enough that nobody could see your face. And so you could sort of wander behind all these tourists, and, and they would suddenly turn around and see you, and then they would run half a mile. So I found, for some strange reason, there was a lot of, uh, uh, at about 2002, these Japanese tourists would come around. And for some reason, they were the most terrified of of faceless monks. Like, not sure why. And they would, so you just sort of wander towards them and they'd see you coming. And it was like a contract between you. They could see you and they knew you were scary and you could see them. So you just come towards them and they would just scream and then run the whole of the building. That was quite fun. Operating the boat ride was less fun because it involved kind of getting everybody onto a boat and then sailing it around and pressing buttons to make water fire at them and things like that and hoping nobody would sort of die. And nobody did, so that was quite good. But that was good fun. After I'd done that for a while, I moved on to being an actor in the dungeon, which was slightly more involved in terms of creating your own... You were given scripts for certain, well, not scripts, but you were given sets of of facts about like things because you had you had a section about Jack the Ripper and you had a section about torture chambers and things like that, and you had to get the facts in, but everything else was free reign, and um, you would basically just have to take a room of forty people and then sort of talk to them about something for about five minutes, and it was. It was daunting at first, but you quickly realised you had to step up and get on with it. Because when I started, there were people there like like Matt Berry, who's apparently quite big now. Um, he was there and he taught me how to do the Jack the Ripper section and things like that. And and there was a very good crowd there, and they would they would slay you alive if you were not good enough. So it was it was really good training for things like doing improvisation and working with a with a small group of people very closely. And I was. Uh, I really enjoyed it because there aren't many jobs where you can actually insult people as well and that they will pay for it. I mean, I'm sure there are other professions that do it, but this was one where you got to keep your clothes on. So I think that's probably a win for everybody. And I met a lot of people. I met Peter Peter Davis, who I work with on The Monster Hunters. He writes with me and we've known each other for for years. And a lot of the, lot of the actors that we work with on that are people we knew and worked with at the London Dungeon because you kind of you get a, a you know you get to know people and everybody's in the same spot as you most most people just want to do something that's fun and interesting and you say I'll be we know that they're good and we'll use them so that's always been quite useful you write and star in the comedy podcast the monster hunters how did this start was it a product of psychosis um we knew we wanted to work together because we worked with another guy we, we did something called Davis and McQuillan, which which I came in and because it was Peter Davis and and another guy Jim, who was the McQuillan, and I came in and I played kind of like a proto Roy, and a lot of the things we've done have kind of had that kind of setup. Even when we did the Sherlock Holmes shows, because we did the Sherlock Holmes shows before we did the Monster Hunters, and we did those for wireless theatre, and it was Peter was Sherlock Holmes and I was Doctor Watson, and there was a kind of a similar kind of setup to that. We played, we quickly found like the strengths that that worked for us comedically, and and we enjoyed playing, 
and we've kind of the monster hunters has been kind of a distillation of all the things that we've been working towards so that we when we did the sherlock holmes stuff my my watson was was kind of a bit pompous and and a bit bit of a perv because some of that is is in you know you can extrapolate from from the sherlock holmes stories but it was it also ultimately led to what we did with the monster hunters because peter's kind of the straight laced one and i'm the idiot in that so it was the we've mined the same kind of theme but i i wouldn't say we're one trick ponies it's mainly just because i think we've been working towards the monster hunters is like the the culmination of a lot of kind of ideas we've worked through and the monster hunters is kind of the best version of that i think so it wasn't something we it wasn't something we ever planned to do i think we it came out of us me walking through a field in windsor and wanting to play with the kind of era and the the kind of cliches of old 70s horror films and old British television in the 60s and 70s, and knowing Peter liked horror films, and and it felt like a fit for the kind of comedy that we liked doing. Is committing your voice to a digital medium an attempt to preserve your essence beyond the inevitable decay of your physical form? Totally. What is in store for the future of Monster Hunters? Well, we're in the process of recording and publishing our third series. We've done we've done two series previously, one in 2012, one in 2013, and we've been putting out Halloween and Christmas specials since then, just and, and other things when we can. But it's kind of been subsumed by, you know, Peter's very busy, I'm, I've been reasonably busy. We've both got young children, which is mainly what we've been busy with. And so it's it, that's taken a, a kind of a toll on, on pushing things out. But we are working on, a, on the third series, which should finish because we publish roughly monthly about April next year, maybe maybe May if, if, if things things being the way they are. Um, and then I think we'll probably put out a few more specials. But it feels, I think, we're coming... We've both discussed a, kind of how it will end, and we know how the series will all wrap up now. And I think we kind of want to get to that point. And every time we meet, we talk about how it will finish. And then... But then we suddenly think, oh, but we could also do another one. We could do, we were talking about doing one on an oil rig and we're doing a musical one and things like that. So there's a few more ideas we've got in store, but I don't think, I don't think it'll run forever and I don't think people would want it to run forever. I think we will, we will do a few more, maybe, you know, five or six more and then, and then wrap the project up. And because we've got other things we want to work on. So I think we'd like to. We'd like to have a chance at doing a few other things as well, and not just not just play with Roy and Lorimer, who are great, but I think I think we'd like to also do other things. You have two children. Will you live vicariously through them so they can succeed where you have not? Perhaps you can pass your podcast burden on to them. You're touching my leg, and your hand is very, very cold. So I'm finding this quite uncomfortable now. And also it's quite painful. Is it all right if I don't answer that question? Please. Hurts. Ow. One day when the lady was a pet, 
lady, I'm tired was a sheep. Shopkeeper, I had a budgie, I had a budgie, I had a budgie. Da, 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 da. When I opened it, I to the bunker and this is the end of the show we hope you enjoyed yourselves dearest listeners and yeah what the what's going on we're under attack oh! grab your weapons everyone oh i'm gonna enjoy this ho, ho, ho. what the ho, 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 ho. father christmas yes it is i father christmas Dressed in a traditional red fur-lined jacket, nightcap, and leather cockpiece. Ho, 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 ho! It's... it's Kalo! The courier! Nay, I am no longer a courier, doomed to transport cargo across the endless wastes. Now I am Father Christmas, and I come bearing gifts that I have transported across the endless wastes. Ho, ho, ho! Tom, I know that you long to leave the bunker to travel the world, to experience new things! <laughs> yes. But at last, you're a coward! What? No, hang on! Yes, you are afraid! Afraid to be alone! But I have just the thing for you, my friend! A worthy companion who will ride alongside you on your many future adventures! Y- you? You mean? Yes! A gun! Oh. Oh, okay. It's, um... Quite heavy. <laughs> Maybe you should put the magnum down for now, Tom. Uh, yes, okay. Whoops! Hold on, let me just get that. Whoops! I kicked it. Dave! Truly you are the wasteland's favorite bunker dweller. I am? Ah, but what to get the man who has everything? You are brave. Me? Brave? <sighs> you? are handsome. Oh, well, I don't know about that. You have found someone to love, and what a cute couple you make. Uh, right. Aww. <clears throat> you're, uh, you're right, Callow. I don't need anything. I'm happy with... I have the perfect gift for you. 4,000 latex sheep. What? Make good use of them, my friends. Oh, Jesus. Katie, I didn't ask for this. I had no idea. They're weird-looking things, aren't they? What are they for? Oh, well... (laughs) Uh... Ah, and David! I heard a small segment of your last broadcast. You're attempting to compliment a female by the name of Gertrude, and it was incredibly painful to listen to. Gah! So awkward! And yet I sensed the spark between you. I tuned out after that, so I don't know what happened next. But I am sure you plan to see this Gertrude again. Oh, God. And so I have for you a book of pickup lines. All the better to woo this Gertrude lady. I have written it myself. <sighs> Thank you, K. 
Callow. I shall read for you an extract. Ah, fine. Chapter 312. When you have rescued the beautiful helpless maiden from the pack of radioactive phantom cats, you must carry her gently to a field of daffodils where she will most likely swoon. You should softly stroke her golden hair and whisper reassurances in her ear. So there you go. Some pretty solid tips there. I'm sure you'll agree. <sighs> I have other less specific gifts for the rest of you. Katie, you are the most fearsome warrior I have ever known. And so I gift to you a new bone machete. I made it myself. Oh, cool. Cheers. Already made a new one, but it can't hurt to have two, I guess. Emma! I do not understand what you do at all, but I have noticed you always wear that strange suit. I have for you a new suit with less holes in it and only slightly bloodstained. Awesome. Adam, my mechanical friend, your philosophical musings of the nature of your humanity have not gone unnoticed. I have for you a human heart. Thank you. And for you, Jonathan, a human brain. Oh, oh yeah. you, uh, you, should, you shouldn't have. And for Nala and Mr. Cuddles, the gift of courage in the form of this double-bladed ass. And the gift of cuteness in the form of this adorable doggy jumper. And for the rest of you, an assortment of broken biscuits. Merry Christmas, everyone. Ho, 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 ho. Now come on everyone, let's dance! Il faut être toujours ivre Tout est là, c'est l'unique question Pour ne pas sentir l'horrible fardeau du temps Qui brise vos épaules et vous pense vers la terre Il faut vous enivrer sans trêve Mais de quoi de vin, de poésie, de vertu à votre guise. Mais enivrez-vous. Et si quelquefois, sur les marches d'un palais, sur l'herbe verte d'un fossé, dans la solitude morne de votre chambre, vous vous réveillez, l'ivresse déjà diminuée, ou disparue. Demandez au vent, à la vague, à l'étoile, à l'oiseau À l'horloge, à tout ce qui fuit, à tout ce qui gémit À tout ce qui roule, à tout ce qui chante À tout ce qui parle, demandez quelle heure il est Et le vent, la vague, l'étoile, l'oiseau, l'horloge Vous répandront, il est là Essential to be drunk 
all the time, that is all. There's no other problem if you don't want to feel the appalling weight of time, which breaks your shoulders and bends you to the ground. Get drunk and drunk again. But what with wine, poetry, or being good, whatever you please. But get drunk. And if now and then on the steps of a palace, the green grass of a ditch, or the glum loneliness of your room, you come to your drunken state abated or dissolved. Ask the wind, ask the wave, the star, the bird, the clock, ask all that runs away, all that groans, all that wheels, all that sings, all that speaks. Hey you, what time is it? And the wind, the wave, the star, the bird, the clock will tell you It is time to get drunk If you don't want to be the martyred slaves of time Get drunk, always get drunk With wine or with poetry Or being good, whatever you please Pour n'être pas les esclaves martyrisés du temps Enivrez-vous, enivrez-vous sans cesse Mais de quoi De vin, de poésie ou de vertu À votre guise Enivrez-vous 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 Hi, Tom. Hey, David. Hi, Tom. <clears throat> I, I think I had a bit too much to drink. It's tradition. <clears throat> I can feel a headache coming on. <laughs> yeah. You want to swap presents? Sure. You know, I think I've worked it out. Worked what out? Me! My problem. I, I get it now. I know what will make me happy. See, all this time I thought I was sick and tired of this place. This underground prison. I thought I wanted to get out. But seeing everyone here now, I finally get it. I'm not bored of the bunker. I'm bored of you guys! Okay. But now everyone's here. Emma, Prog, Fred, Katie's Tribe, Callow, Arg, everyone! It's like we're all one big happy family. Oh, God, this is great. I don't have to talk to just you two anymore. Ha! <laughs> well, uh, I'm off to play some more charades. Bye! Wow. Not gonna lie, that stung. <clears throat> yeah. I guess I'm happy for him, though. Yep. And I'm happy for me. And you're happy. It's fine. Everything's fine. Yep. <laughs> it, it all worked out. Yes. Whoa, is that the time already? You're listening to The Bunker, and this really is the end of the show. It's time to say goodnight.
Good night, Tom. Good night, David. Good night, David. Yes, yes. Good night, everyone. Huh. Maybe I'll just have one more brandy. <sighs> There's just enough time for my final thought. We define ourselves by the stories we tell, and the most resilient stories are the ones that adapt and change from generation to generation whilst maintaining a core theme or principle. The myths, the folklore, the traditions. Christmas brings us together because it's a story we collectively share and experience, and we all know the parts we play in it. It doesn't matter who you are any other time of the year. On Christmas, you must be generous, kind, full of spirit, and above all... Ooh. Oh, oh. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt your final thought, David. Oh, Emma, I thought you'd gone to bed. No, no I, I'm not ready yet. Besides, I want to hear the end of the show. I'm just... <laughs> wow. I, I'm so cold all of a sudden. It's okay. Come here. <sighs> Aren't you tired? I'm always tired. Are you thinking about her? I suppose so. It's not fair, is it? <laughs> no. But that's okay. It's how we choose to play our parts in the story that matters. Because that is something we can control, even if it sometimes doesn't feel that way. I used to feel empty all the time. Now I feel full up. I don't know if that's better exactly, but I do know that we have an obligation to be the best versions of ourselves. I suppose I've always known that, but now I'm actually trying. For real. I'm good. I'm good now. It's fine. <laughs> I can do this. It is Christmas, after all. There's a hand in my hand, and I'm squeezing it. I'm making an effort. I'm being good. And you should do the same, listeners, because sometimes when you play a part, you can get lost in the role. You can become good by doing good things. And as simplistic as it sounds, doing good is probably the only way to have any real worth in this world. It's the only way you'll matter. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's just the brandy talking. Maybe I've gone soft in my old age. Maybe I'm just too tired to keep being angry and I rolled over like a dog and let love into my life. Maybe the adventures I've had since we started the Bunker broadcast really have changed me after all. Or... Maybe these are just the fractured, kaleidoscopic thoughts of a dying man lying in the cold mud, a bullet hole in his chest. Merry Christmas, everyone. The scar on your cheek was a hallowed sign To the lost who what sailed away You were done, you were drained, you were empty And I wasn't much fuller No, I wasn't much fuller 
So burrow down into the sand Till you find the ground that stops shaking And though the bones roll and the rocks explode And crack into dust It's silent and suspended here We weave the wind into our ears For a sound, a sound Let's make this desert full of how Upon layers of woolly clothes To keep out the cold and the snow You know it's good to be protecting your bones But I couldn't make out the words No, I couldn't make out the words We are making signs Don't you know When we scratch lines in the sun For only the birds to see It's bigger than you and it's bigger than me We are making signs Don't you know When we scratch lines in the sun For only the birds to see It's bigger than you and it's bigger than me So barrel down into the sand You find the ground has stopped shaking And though the bones roll and the rocks explode and crack into dust It's silent and suspended here We weave the wind into our ears For a sound, a sound Let's make this desert full of how Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.